Take your Bibles, turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 26. 2 Chronicles chapter 26. I don't mean to keep belaboring it, but uh, uh, Les's phone situation here got my mind warm in the night. And uh, it happens to all of us, and so it was good. But uh, it made me think of two situations uh, where a phone went off. At one time I was pa- when I was pastoring in Pennsylvania during church, a lady's phone when I was an elderly lady, and of course she had it turned all the way up, and it was in the bottom of her purse, and so she's digging around. She doesn't pick up her purse and walk out. She's digging in her purse, and it's going on, and I just quit talking after a while. We just sat there, and we looked at her, and, and then she gets it out, and she says, hello, <laughs> and then her daughter's like, go, get out of here, and so she's walking out. Yeah, I'm at church, uh-huh, and she stops, and she's like, and they're like, go, go, and so we got to hear about a third of her conversation before she got out the door there, but uh, that was a good one. And then one time I was down at Temple Baptist Church in Powell for a big pastor's conference. It was a big one. It was in the auditorium. It was packed. And I don't know how much that auditorium holds, maybe 2,000 people or something. I don't know, but it's packed. And, um, and so we're sitting shoulder to shoulder, and I'm there with my dad and my assistant pastor, and he's sitting between me and my dad for some reason, and then I'm on the aisle, and my assistant pastor, his phone went off. I just snorted. It's so funny. Uh, his, his phone went off, and it's in his pocket, and we're shoulder to shoulder, and he can't get it out there, and I could see... You know, people are starting to look around, like, whose phone's going off? And then I see Dr. Sexton from the platform. He's sitting over here, and he's just glaring out there, like, whose phone's going off and everything. And I did not want him to think it was me. So I just went, like, <sighs> looked at my assistant pastor, like, when are you going to? He's, like, looking at me, trying to get it out of his pocket. And I'm just sitting there, like, shaking my head at him. And he finally got it turned off, and he's like, Why'd you do that? They said, did you see Dr. Sexton looking at I said, I was not going down for this one. And uh, so I certainly uh, have some good memories of phones going off at inappropriate times. But uh, that was a good one, Les. I'll be telling that story someday. Yes, sir. I Church, do you forgive less? Amen. Amen. <laughs> I did not bring it up again to, be, to get you going, but uh, just because it was funny. So I loved it. Tonight I want to talk to you about more heart problems. More heart problems. Back in the late 1990s, my wife, uh, Rachel, she had a cold she couldn't kick. It just kept on hanging on for a few weeks, and so... She finally decided to go see her doctor, and uh, he gave her a quick examination. So I'm just going to give you this, uh, some type of uh, antibiotic. And, and it was a quick doctor's visit, and as she's getting ready to leave, or he's getting ready to leave, he, did, he changed his mind. He says, hey, you've had that heart murmur. Let me listen to your heart before you leave. And so Rachel had been diagnosed with a heart murmur years and years before, and he hadn't seen her in a year or two. And he said, let me just listen to your heart real quick. And, and literally, she was almost out the door. Or he was almost out the door when, this, when it changed. And he listened to her heart. And that one, 
that one moment decision changed the next several months of our life and really the next several years and to this day has an effect on us. He listened to her heart and he says, wow. Uh, he goes, you know, Rachel, I want to I send you to a cardiologist. There's something that just doesn't sound right there in your heart. And so we went and saw a cardiologist in a, the next couple of weeks and, and he did an examination and she was diagnosed with a condition called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Now, it took me a long time to get that down, all right? So please be in awe that I just was able to say that. Hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, and really what that was, I think Dr. Stinnett could agree, it's a, a, a thickening of the inner heart wall. And blood was, could get into her heart, but it couldn't get out as fast. And we learned a lot about this condition after that. Uh, we found out that a lot of athletes have died from it because they, don't, they didn't know they had it. And they're out there exerting themselves and their heart's beating faster, trying to get that blood out. And it will, it, it'll give away, it'll give out. And so a lot of athletes have died from it. But typically it can be controlled by medicine and by uh, care and so forth. Uh, for us... I guess about four or five years after that, she had an episode one night. We were at a t-ball game. Uh, she said she wasn't feeling well, came home. Uh, it was during the NBA Finals. I remember I was watching that. The boys were there, and, uh, and, and she came out, and she says, man, something's not right, and took her to the hospital, thought she was having a heart attack, and that led to open-heart surgery just a few, few uh, maybe a week later, she had open-heart surgery. We praise the Lord that since then, she's been relatively okay. In fact, was even up to the cardiologist here just a few months ago and said things are looking good, and we praise the Lord. But one thing we found out about that heart condition is that it was hereditary. And, um, uh, and so it's passed down through the, through the family genes. And um, so we found out that her, a couple of her brothers have a milder condition uh, uh, of the same thing. And they've been able to control it with medicine. And we've had to have our boys checked out on it. And thus far, they've been good. And uh, she had a cousin that has it a, a far worse and actually had a heart transplant. And uh, so it was, it's been quite serious for some people. But it's, again, this condition that was passed down through, uh, this, this, through their genes. Now, two Sunday nights ago, as we've been studying the kings of Israel and Judah... We studied a king of Judah named Amaziah. And I want you to go back to chapter 25 with me and look at verse number 2 about this man Amaziah that we've already studied. Let's look at verse number 1. Amaziah was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. Now that phrase there, with, with, not with a perfect heart, is, it, it means not with his complete heart. That word perfect is talking about complete or whole. All of it. He did not serve God with all of his heart. And he did not give God all of his heart. And we, we spoke about that. It reminded me of the verse, although it doesn't say... Um, heart, but in James chapter 1, you remember that verse? I think it's verse number 8. The double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. When you're, when you're partially in and partially out, listen, you can't serve God that way. You can't have one foot in with God and one foot out uh, in the world and expect that you're going to be successful. You're either all in or you may as well be all out. 
And, and, and so the double-minded or the double-hearted, the, 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 his heart was not perfect. He was not completely in. And we saw that that led to instability in his life. He started off well, Amaziah did, but eventually he, he, he does some things that are wrong. Uh, he's the one that uh, started off, he, uh, he was building the army of Judah up and he brought in the mercenaries from Israel. And he had the unnamed prophet confront him on that, and he, he, he agreed. And then he went into battle against uh, uh, the people of Seir, and he beats them. And then he takes home their gods and begins to worship them. And, and the prophet confronts him again and says, why are, you, why are you worshiping a god that could not, that was defeated by your god? And he just didn't get it, and eventually he, was, uh, he, he picked a battle with the nation, the nation of Israel, that he could not win. And he was defeated, and then eventually he was assassinated. Well, his son comes in to uh, take his place. His son was 16 years old when he began to reign. His name was Azariah. Azariah, but he also goes by in our text this evening, Uzziah. How many of you have heard of Uzziah? He's one of our more... Uh, popular names of the kings once you get down into the line there. I think of uh, Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. That's that great passage there where, where Isaiah sees the holiness, uh, the, he sees those angelic uh, beings around the throne of God saying, holy, holy, holy. And, and it was in the year that King Uzziah died. And so Uzziah is the king now. And again, he starts off in an amazing way, even greater than his dad. And he has a long reign, and he's described as a good king. But we're going to see some more heart problems this evening. We're going to see some things that I don't know if it passed down through his dad, but boy, it would, uh, he, he, something has happened, and we're going to see some heart issues with him. Uzziah rules the nation of Judah for 52 years. Now, there's one king that rules longer, Manasseh. He ruled for 55 years, but Manasseh's rule was not in a, in a uh, uh, there was a pause in his, his rule. He was pulled out by the king of Babylon for a time and was out of that position and then came back and had a complete total of 55 years. But Uzziah went for 52 straight years, the longest of uninterrupted service as a king. And he's described again as a good king. Let's look at our text this evening in chapter 26 of 2 Chronicles. Just have a few thoughts for you this evening. I'm looking at the clock. We must have got in early. I don't think we'll be in here long this evening, but I want to share a few thoughts. I hope it will be helpful to you. Verse 1, Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the room of his father Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah, and after that, the king slept with his fathers. Or excuse me, after that, his, the king slept with his fathers. Sixteen years old was Uzziah when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty and two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was uh, Jechaliah of Jerusalem, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And of course, that would be when Amaziah was ruling well, when he was doing well. He didn't finish well. He ended, he ended poorly, Amaziah did, but he was following the good things that, that, that his father had done. 
And so as we look at this first part, these first 15 verses of 2 Chronicles chapter 26, we see some very impressive things about him. Again, he begins young and he starts off strong as a 16-year-old. And we're told, first of all, that he's restored the lost city of Eleth up in verse number 2. If I remember correctly, Eloth had been taken by the Edomites. Uh, they had taken that city away. It was a, an important port city. It was right on the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the sea there, and, and it was an important place for them on the Mediterranean Sea in a seaport. And, and he went and he takes that back and restores it to the nation of Judah. Uh, follow along with me. Pick up in verse number 5 as we read down through verse 15, and I'll make some comments along the way. But notice in verse number 5 that he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. That's a pretty good key uh, to success there, isn't it? As long as you seek the Lord, He's going to make you to prosper. You'll do well. Now, that doesn't mean that there won't be difficulties in your life. There won't be ups and downs in your life. Because you remember, you live in a sin-cursed world. You're going to get flat tires. And you're going to have someone pull out in front of you and cause a fender bender. You're going to have poor visits to the doctor where you find out a, a health condition. Those things will happen, but God will still prosper you as you seek the Lord. And so this king is seeking God, and verse 6 and 7, we see his victories over the Philistines and the Arabians. He says, and he went forth and warred against the Philistines and break down the wall of Gath and the wall of Jabna and the wall of Ashdod and built cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines. And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians that dwelt in Gerbal and uh, the, the Mehunims. And so we see that he was successful in these battles against these great enemies. Um, he had a great building campaign. Look in verse number 8 through 10. The Ammonites, excuse me, the Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah, and his name spread abroad even to the entering in of Egypt, for he strengthened himself exceedingly. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, and at the valley gate, and at the turning of the wall, and fortified them. And he built towers in the desert, and digged many wells, for he had much cattle, both in the low country and in the plains, husbandmen also, and vine dressers in the mountains, and in, the, uh, and in Carmel, for he loved husbandry. So he's building things. He's building buildings and cities and vineyards and all kinds of things. This is a very prosperous time for the nation of Judah. We see that his army grows. Look at how it's described in verses 11 through 15. Moreover, Uzziah had an host of fighting men that went out to war by bands according to the number of their account by the hand of Jael, the scribe of Messiah, the, the ruler, and under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. The whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of valor were 2,600. And under their hand was an army, 300,000 and 7,000 and 500, that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. And Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the hosts shields and spears and helmets and habergons and bows and slings to cast stones. And he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men, 
to be put on towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name spread far above, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. I mean, this guy, you know, as a king, is, is doing an amazing job, and God is doing great things through him. Twice in here we see about his name spreading throughout the region. His fame is growing. Um, Judah is growing, is prospering and doing well. Now look at verse number 16. But, that's always a a highlight, isn't it? When you've heard all these good things, and then here's this little word, but. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. Uzziah's heart problem is revealed to us in verse number 16. When he was strong, church, we're always a target for Satan. But don't think just because you're doing well spiritually and you're, you're growing and, and you're prospering in your faith that Satan's going to leave you alone. Satan will still come after you. Satan will still, uh, he knows our weakness. He knows those besetting areas of our life where we're more more prone to give in. And so watch yourself and be on guard. And this man, it appears that it says here when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. Sounds like a pride problem, doesn't it? He probably heard about his fame. He probably began to listen to what people were saying about him, both his own people and those in the, in the region around him, and started agreeing with it. Started agreeing, yeah, I am a pretty good ruler. I am a good king. All those things that could happen to an individual. And his heart starts to believe him. It becomes a pride issue. And pride is always the beginning of sin. Pride is where, where, where Satan gets us and gets us to places where we end up falling in these things. And this is a danger for anyone, church. As I said, things are going great for Uzziah. They're going great for the nation of Judah. And Uzziah falls in this fashion. It seems that Uzziah has these heart problems. Look at verse number 17, the results of these, heart, of these problems. It says, And Azariah, now at the end of 16, it says that he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of the incense. So Uzziah has gone in. He's going to burn these incense there at this altar. Look what happens. Verse 17, And Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him fourscore priests, eighty priests of the Lord, that were valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah the king and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed, neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God." Thank the Lord for Azariah and these 80 valiant priests that followed him in there. 
that were willing to stand up to this man, their king, their ruler, and stand up. Hey, what you're getting ready to do is wrong. This is not good. It does not pertain unto you. It's not your responsibility. It's not your right to do this. And these men stand up to him. How does Uzziah respond? And by the way, God often uh, does give us the opportunity to turn, to change. That was his opportunity. He could have said, you know what, you're right. You're, you're right, I shouldn't be here. Humble himself, turn, and God would have blessed him for that. But no, what does he do here in verse number 19? Then Uzziah was wroth. He was angry. And he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priest, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priest in the altar of the Lord from behind the incense altar. He had this opportunity to repent. He had this opportunity to turn around. He doesn't. He becomes angry and immediately God strikes him with leprosy. In the Bible days, there was nothing worse or uh, not a more difficult thing to bear than than the, the plague and the disease of leprosy. And immediately, it says in verse number 20, Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead, and they thrust him out from thence. Yea, himself hasted also to go out, because the Lord had smitten him. And Uzziah the king was a leper unto the day of his death, and dwelt in, in a several house, being a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. The rest of the acts of Uzziah, first and last, did Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, write. So Uzziah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the field of the burial which belongeth to the kings. For they said, he is a leper, and Jotham, his son, reigned in his stead. You know, when you begin this chapter... Up through verse number 15, you would never guess that it would end in this fashion, would you? Things were going so well. He's doing a wonderful job. He's seeking the Lord. He's, he's, he's finding, he's talking to the prophet. And all these things are going well, but this is where it ends. And so this evening, I want to show you one thought of what should have kept Uzziah from having this heart problem. Back in verse number 16, it says again, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. See, Uzziah thinks more highly of himself than God's word. Uh, Notice with me, take your Bibles and go back to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 16. I think me and three people are turning our Bibles now. Didn't hear many pages turn. You need to see this. Number 16, verse number 40. It says, To be a memorial unto the children of Israel, that no stranger, which is not of the seed of Aaron, come near to offer incense before the Lord, that he be not as Korah, and his company, as the Lord said to him by the hand of Moses. 
Do you see that? No one but of the seed of Aaron was to come near to offer incense before the Lord. To be in that line of Aaron. Who were our priests? What tribe is, is our priest? The Levites. And they were to be in the, not just of the tribe of Levi, but of the household or of the lineage of Aaron. It was to go through that line. And no one else was to go in before that. Look at chapter number 18 and verse number 7. It says, Therefore thou and thy sons with thee shall keep your priest's office for everything of the altar and within the veil. And ye shall serve. I have given your priest's office unto you as a service of a gift. And the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. That's in the law. That's clearly printed and, and there. Now, here's where the problem is. Uzziah should have known that. And perhaps he did know that. Look with me to one more Old Testament passage, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 17. In Deuteronomy, chapter 17, we've been here before in this passage when we were discussing the sins of Solomon in his time as a king. So we looked at those verses then, and let's look at them again this evening and apply them to Uzziah here. Verse 14 of chapter number 17 in Deuteronomy. It says, When thou art come unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shalt possess it, and shalt dwell therein, and shalt say, I will set a king over me, like as all the nations that are about me. Now remember, this is back during the days of Moses. This is before they have kings rule on them. And he says, there's coming a day you're going to go into the land of promise. We studied about that in Sunday mornings in the book of Joshua. You're going to go in there, and there's going to come a day where you're going to say, I want a king like all the other nations. And that happens in the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, they come to Samuel and they say, we want, we want a king. He tries to talk them out of it. This was predicted all the way back here in the law. Verse 15. So they said, you want, you're going to want a king. Verse 15, thou shalt in any wise set him over thee, king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose. One from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. But he shall not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to the end that he should multiply horses. For as much as the Lord hath said unto you, he shall henceforth return no more that way. Well, that was one of the areas where Solomon blew it, wasn't it? He had stables and stables full of horses, and a king was not to multiply horses to himself. Verse 17, neither shall he multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away, neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. And again, we saw Solomon multiplying wives to himself. And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom, get this now, this is what the king was to do, that he shall write him a copy of the law in a book out of that which is before the priest, the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them. Now we'll pause there. But do you get what was just happened? The king, when, when they get a king... They're not to multiply horses, they're not to multiply wives, they're not to multiply silver and gold. 
but when he's on his throne, he had, one, had this one command to do here. He shall write his own book of the law. So he was to go to get that, the, the law from the priest, and he was to write it out. The Pentateuch, those first five books, write it out. Write out the books of Moses and make his own copy of it. Has anybody here ever done any writing out of Scripture yourself in your devotions? If you have, raise your hand here this evening. That is, would you agree with me, folks, that have done that? That's a wonderful exercise. Can you say amen to that? It's helpful. Uh, it, it is a, you know, you've read it, and now you're reading it again and writing it out at the same time. It, it, it's coming in through different senses, and you've got to take your time, and, and, and it's, it's a really wonderful exercise. And I'd encourage you to take that up, to write out portions of Scripture. And that's what he was to do. He was to write out his own copy of these five books of Moses. It says in that he shall be in verse number 19 with him. And then he's to read therein that all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and to keep all the words of this law and these statutes and to do them. So he writes it out and he reads it over and over and over and over again. I mentioned this morning about uh, George Mueller and how he read through the Bible uh, four times a year. And I just saw in another writing today that it, that, that, that it said in his lifetime, he read through the Bible over 200 times. Isn't that amazing? 200 times. Can you imagine reading through the Bible that many times and how it must have made a difference in his life? We had a gentleman in our church back in New Hampshire when I was a youth pastor, and uh, it was his old, old Bible. And it was falling apart, and it was just, a, and I used to look at it. He was a great teacher and, and had been a pastor for many years. And I was looking at it, and there were so many notes all over the place. And I thought, wow, look at that Bible that he spent so much time in there. And I can imagine the king that has written out the word, and he's had the, he's he served for 52 years the potential of reading that law over and over and over again and learning the things that God wanted to do. And here's what would have happened if he would have done that. Verse 20 of Deuteronomy 17, that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren, and that he not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel, that his heart be not lifted up. Now, it doesn't say this in our scripture, but it seems like Uzziah may have quit, quit being in the book of the law. Perhaps he quit reading the word of the law. And here's what I want to get you this evening. You want to avoid heart problems, spiritual heart problems? Stay in the book. Just simply stay in God's word. Read, write, meditate, memorize. Let God's word be in our life. Does Satan ever battle you with that, by the way? Makes it hard for us. We're running late, so we'll put it off to the afternoon, and then something happens in the afternoon. I'll do it this evening, and then the evening comes, I'm exhausted, and we, we missed a day. And then the next morning, I'll catch up in the morning. Well, I don't get caught. Hey, he makes it difficult because he knows how important it is to us. Remember, the Word of God is a mirror. 
It reveals things in our life. Just like when you look in the mirror in the morning, you make sure your hair's where you want it to be and your makeup's how you want it, all those things. It's revealing. You read God's word, it reveals things. And perhaps Uzziah would have revealed, oh, I've got some things going on in my heart. I've got some pride issues. I've got to take care of this before I fall, before I mess up. All those things could have happened to save him. But instead he died a leper, separated from people, in a place where he couldn't even rule anymore. His son ruled in his stead even though he was still the king simply because of a pride issue, apparently not spending time in God's word like he should have. And so here we have this thought here of more heart problems. Was it a, something that he saw in his father and it was passed down to him? I don't know. But certainly we all ought to be concerned about these spiritual heart problems that come when we don't spend time in God's Word and with God. I want to encourage you this evening, this week, let's start off this week by being in the Word and watch how God prospers our lives, takes care of us, directs us, guides us. And let's take that challenge of being in the Word of God. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this evening. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Our pianist will come this evening. Valerie's going to come play a verse of invitation. Lord, convict you about anything this evening. Why don't you talk to the Lord there at your pew or the altar's available to you this evening. Father, take this few moments. Help us to be obedient to you in Jesus' name. As the piano begins to play, you respond to the Lord tonight. <laughs>